This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Lady Amanda of House Richardson, Lord Adam the Young Bull of House Parker, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys, and Lady of Jameson, Lord Brett of House Fry, Sir David of House Fraser, Lord Nelson of the Long Isle, Sir Joshua of House Ross, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry. And welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt the Bud Knight, Fist of the Dragon, Maker of Gains, Co-Lord of the White Claw. And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful, Stealer of Hearts, Bandit of Time, Hero of Shreve, Co-Lord of the White Claw. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today, we are into Tyrion 6 of A Clash of Kings. And in our Maester study, Lady Raj will be discussing House Lannister and Land the Clever. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, really good maester study that we, you know, we uh, recorded a little bit earlier today as with Lady Raj. Uh, some deep rabbit holes, man, there about Land the Clever we went down. Yeah, 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 I th- I, I, it was great. It was it was fun. I can't wait for you guys to, to listen to that. And um, we, we even, gosh, like we, we got on such a roll that we decided to do some YouTube content with uh, Lady Raj as well. So you definitely need to run over to the YouTube and check that out because... It's a good conversation. We have we have a couple. We season eight. Who's to blame? We we've got some stuff. We got some crazy stuff going on over exactly, here. Exactly. Okay? Yeah. We've been we've been <laughs> we've been uh, doing a lot of stuff over on the YouTube. We got some Damon Targaryen videos uh, coming again. Uh, you know, thanks to you know uh, Sir Matthew Perry who sent us that. Um, send us that request. If you guys send us a request, we're going to make a YouTube video of it about it or do a Patreon episode or whatever um, about it. And also, real quick note to our patrons, I did update. Um, I did update our, the end of our YouTube videos, uh, in the credit section, all of our patrons are now listed. So there you guys. Yeah, go. that's so, pretty cool. So just, so just added that in there as kind of a, it wasn't necessarily something that we said was a patron reward or anything, but I just went ahead and added it in. Uh, so all you guys now are listed as, you know, in the credits section of all of our YouTube videos. So you guys all get a shout out there. Yeah. Yeah. I like that because I think, again, thank you to, to everyone who does support the podcast. I mean, you guys don't realize, but well, maybe we don't say it enough. It's like, you know, whether it's a, a dollar, five dollars, whatever, it literally helps Matt and I um, get the equipment that we want to get, do YouTube, make upgrades, and it just means the world to us. So we really do appreciate the support and um, can't thank you guys enough. So we wanted to try to add in different perks and rewards there, uh, you know, on, on YouTube. So that has been great. Um, also, I wanted to mention, since it's the top of the show here and we're kind of getting some of this stuff out, we uh, have thought about an interesting format in the form of Ravens and maybe yes. getting some folks to, to send us some Ravens. So uh, we're looking for about, what do we say? Maybe, maybe eight to 10 Ravens. Yeah, perhaps, exactly. Yeah, listeners? exactly. Yeah, exactly. We're kind of thinking, you know, um, just right now with uh, having a little more time and stuff like that, we, we, I don't know that we could do it every week, but kind of just like a one time uh, follow up Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, is what we were looking to do, um, you know, and so once we get, if we can get like eight to ten ravens, just again, and follow up Friday as it used to be, it could be about anything, 
Uh, yep. Any 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 part of the series you want to talk about it could be about Dunkin' Egg, be about Fire and Blood, be about you know something from Dance of Dragons or challenge the, us the tv show exactly exactly so <laughs> yeah so if we could get about eight to ten ravens uh, we were thinking about doing just like a you know one time um follow-up friday you know bring it back for an for an episode since we'll have uh a lot of ravens and we have a little more time right now in the summer to get that going so yeah i mean basically you know sir, sir matt if we got 16 of those then we would you know per, per episode we're looking to do about eight to ten Right. So it's open to everybody. I mean, if we get uh, uh, just a, a bunch of Ravens talking about different things, I am so down this summer to just go ahead and, and get a bunch of those, uh, organize them into, you know, maybe topics that are similar or different, depending on what we want to do that episode and and record a couple follow up Fridays. So the more, the better. Seriously, if you if you have a thought or there's something you want to know more about um, or you really just want to hear our perspective on it or you want to talk about winds of winter theory, uh, we can do that. And I'm I'm very excited i remember that used to be a challenging kind of thing because we would go from you know talking about uh something in, in game of thrones to jumping to a clash of kings and then back and forth and we would jump to the end of the series and back again it was fantastic or we would go into fire and blood um well actually it wasn't fire and blood at the time it was a world of ice and fire uh so yeah i would just love to kind of have that challenge and and uh you know do a little research and look at these different topics and it really keeps sir matt and i kind of um, what's, what's the word? Like it keeps us digging and diving and going into these different rabbit holes. And it actually makes the conversation, I think on the main show even better because we've just done all that research and that stuff's like fresh in our mind and it helps us make connections to the current chapter, you know? So really would love to have some Ravens coming in there and, and we'll, we'll feature you. If you want to send your social media in with that, we can plug your social media, you know, in there as well as we read your Raven. So Yes, abs- there you go. Yep, abs- absolutely. So, yeah, so uh, definitely send those to btkcast at gmail.com. Um, or you can hit us up on our website, uh, bendtheneepodcast.com. You can submit a raven there. Or uh, you can give us a call because, again, uh, we do have this. Uh, we fail to mention it sometimes, but I thought I'd throw it back out there. I think it's the number is still open as uh, 614-547-2350. It's kind of like our Google call thing. You can actually give us a call and have uh, your kind of voice heard on the podcast. So you can shoot us a raven that way as well. So, all yeah. right. Well, with that, as uh, let's um, how you doing, man? How's everything going? How has hey, yeah, been fine. Um, I'm now I'm. You know, I, I I took a I took this this past um, weekend. I got to sleep in a little bit. Got to visit uh, with some friends and family. Had a fire last night. It was great. Uh, feel feel still at a distance. You know, again we're you know it was a, it was a pretty big fire, so still felt the heat. Uh, <laughs> pretty big you know. fire. So uh, you know, it's, it, it, seriously, it was one of those things like like we didn't want to. You know, you, just, you got people driving by and looking in your backyard, and it's just like, look, we're you know still trying to be appropriate and everything, and and um, but you want to get out and see your friends. People have been cooped up, and so I think uh, I, I, people have been really good about that. Uh, just going out, visiting people, because you still, I think you get, we got to be careful, and we got to change the way we, we behave a bit. And um, but it's nice; it's very nice to get out. It was; it's been a great weekend here in Ohio. Weather's been great, and uh, so it was, it was nice, kind of refreshing. And I feel really good again. Like we had a great conversation with Lady Raj. We got some great stuff done just on our other projects, and I'm feeling really good right now, man. Like and Got got a great week ahead of us too with with more content and stuff. So it's 
just great. You know, I, here's something else too. I was I was talking to uh, my buddy Lane over on an unexpected podcast. So if you're into Lord of the Rings, go go check that out. Um, we've recently started doing YouTube stuff there, so you can go go check that out. But I was talking to him, Matt, and he said, um, he, like, basically, you know, those batch of days, and you remember back in Ohio, weather's crazy, right? It's just it's all over the place. But you get this weird spot. It's almost like a sweet spot in between like spring and summer or as you're moving in where you get a batch of like 20 days where the weather is like right at like 68 to 72 or maybe 74, 75. And it's that weird kind of um, it, it it feels like it's a combination of fall. I mean, we're in spring, but it's, it's like it's just got that really magical kind of feeling. You know what I'm saying? Like it's there's yes. a little breeze. Oh, yeah, it's not super... uh, yeah, absolutely, man. It's yeah. just, it's not too humid. It's just kind of like that, like 70 degrees, just right. the right amount of wind. Yep. Yeah. And then even when the, when the sun goes down, it doesn't get that much cooler. It still stays pretty like we're still solid. Like I said, it dropped down into the, maybe 65 or whatever. And you're just like, wow, this is perfect. This is, this is great. So that's been the weather here for the last couple of days. And I think we're gonna get one of those maybe tomorrow. And then it's going to start to warm up, which is, again, great as well. But it's just like it's it's odd to have those days where it's just like, man, it's just the right amount of everything. It feels like there's some clouds, there's some sun, you know, it's just fantastic. So that's what's been going on over here. Tell me about the weather over in Portland. Uh, well, today it's raining, uh, which uh, should not <laughs> uh, surprise anybody. But uh, it's been nice, man. We've been having uh, we had some night man, some days that were like 90 degrees. Gosh, the other day. And so uh, just kind of. Got out there and mowed, but yeah, it's so it's it's, it's typical Portland weather. Uh, it's rainy. I think that's what it's yeah. gonna be. I think that's what it's uh, gonna be like for a while. But other than that, man, just hammering out content feels great. Uh, as always, I'm still uh, you know unemployed via COVID, which I think is I'm sure uh, at least twenty percent of our listeners, uh, you know, probably so. Mm. Just yeah. just kind of doing that thing, man. Yeah, staying. I did go to the store the other day. So I've gone to the store now a couple times for the first time in yeah. like months. Because um, you know, my girlfriend, she's a nurse. So she's been going because she's like, well, I'm in the hospital and stuff like that. So it makes more sense for me to st- kind of stay at home. That way it's like less risk of exposure. Right. Sure. Um, yeah. So I finally went. Uh, so I've now gone to Costco, Fred Meyer, which is Kroger, uh, for those of you guys on the East Coast and Walmart. And. Out of the three, the one I thought would be the most ridiculous was Walmart, and it was the best. Yeah. Every, like, I mean, there was like only two people who didn't have masks on, uh, and everyone right. else, right? Everyone else had their mask on. Everyone's like really trying to stay away from each other. I uh, could find everything, so that was kind of cool. Um, Costco was like crazy. Uh, There's a lot of people there. Like, I mean. Gosh, man, I start. I was starting to think those pool noodle people had it had it going, right? I was like, I, I think I'm about to give me one of those pool noodle hats, buddy. Like, it's you know, like yeah. don't get too close, kind of a thing. And then Fred Meyer was kind of a mixed bag. There's a lot of people. A lot of people weren't wearing masks and right, whatever. Right. And so, I mean, I don't know. It, for me, you know, I, a lot of other people have been working throughout this whole thing and all this kind of stuff. But for me, it's yeah. like I just started kind of going back out now that we're kind of reopening, and it's got like, hey. You know, so maybe I'm a little hypersensitive to it or whatever, but yeah, no, I think so. it's fine. Yeah, like, like here's something I, I wanted to say last week, and I've been meaning to say this for the last couple of weeks. I, I think uh, to all of our listeners, and again, this, you know, uh, I, I'm just a simple hedge knight, but but to me, I think we just got to have grace for for one another because sometimes you go out, like I went out the other day, and I totally um, 
Because it's not a part of my, you know, when I leave, I, I always do this thing where it's like, okay, I got my keys, my wallet, my cell phone, boom, I'm out the door. That's what I need, you know, to go. And you've heard me say that. You've actually heard me say that routine right. like, when I'm leaving. All right, boom. And it's like, now it's like keys, wallet, cell phone, mask. I, you uh, know, so I have hand a, sanitizer. Hands, right. So there, see, there's, uh, the, yeah, geez. right. There, there's, there are things that like, I, I, I just kind of want people to have more grace for each other. It's, it's. We're, people are learning. People are trying to figure these things out. People are trying to make kids masks for their kids. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not a easy thing to do. So just just be just keep that in mind. I I think the world is changing and people are trying to, um, you know, do the best they can. So I, I, just keep that in mind. That's just Sir Ezra. So you know. Yeah. All right, man. All right. As well, we have a Maester study here talking about Land the Clever that we recorded with Lady Raj. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. It was a great conversation, and um, I, I was I was impressed by the notes that she took. And this is, uh, hey, Sir Matt, I have a squire. You know, this is great, right? So I just kind of say, hey, Raj, what do you got for me? <laughs> so yeah, let's take a listen to that. Uh, it's a great maester study about land the clever. All right, friends, we are in the maester study. We have Lady Raj here, and she is going to kind of run us through here. She's got some interesting notes and thoughts. Um, Lady Raj, what are we covering today? Um, so I thought we would talk about Land the Clever. Uh, when I opened up this chapter that you guys are reading, I immediately went to like, I think my exact words were, this is like 75% Lannisters. Let's talk about where they came from. Yeah, so I took a bunch of, uh, I'm a little old school in uh, the way I do things. So I've got a bunch of my paper notes here. Um, so Land the Clever, he um, dates from around the Age of Heroes, uh, which is something I'd actually like to look into a little bit more because there's like this overlap between the Andals and the Age of the Heroes and and all this stuff. Like, where, like the I know George doesn't want us to nail down the timeline, but anyway, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> Age of Heroes. Um, so supposedly he is the bastard son of uh, Garth Greenhand's daughter, either uh, Floris the Fox or uh, Rowan Goldtree. Um, and the, no one knows who his dad is. Um, basically, Land the Clever is uh, where from the Lannisters were born. Uh, there are a bunch of different stories um, <clears throat> as to how he came to live inside the rock. Um, uh, I guess, so the over, the couple of stories that I got from World were that, uh, so he somehow, or all, of, all stories effectively communicate that he uh, won physically entered Casterly Rock. Um, he, to some degree, slept with at least one and impregnated uh, the Greenhand's daughter and mm. somehow just got Casterly, Casterly Rock. So those are like the three themes that you see throughout all the stories. Um, uh, the first one is that he causes utter chaos by like running around. Uh, he sent me, oh, I think this is the one where he covers himself in butter. And enters the rock and and he starts like <laughs> shouting into corners and and like acting like a demon and just says yeah my exact notes are causes utter fuckery um to set the uh, casterlies against each other um and then you know the only way for them to uh, gain any peace from him freaking them out was to just leave um the second one uh is a little bit pied pipery um but the inverse, he sends uh, rats and vermins um, into the castle, this like extreme number of all of these gross things, driving the casterlies out. Uh, this one I think is funny. Again, you have to be clever to do any of these things. Uh, we were talking earlier about right. uh, you know whether or not Lan was a boss or, or awesome or smart or clever. And 
I will stand by the fact that you have to be clever to do any of these things. So third one is that he puts gets lions into the rock. Um, <clears throat> and he kills the Lord of Castle Rock and his sons and then takes his wife and daughters and, and just like does this thing from there. Um, the fourth option, or the fourth story, fourth story rather, is that he snakes into Castle Rock and just like uh, Heike rapes all of the daughters or at least a couple of the daughters and um, bestows a son upon all of them. Um, wow. And, and that particular story is great because all of these girls, they, you know, they, they end up getting pregnant and at the end of it, they're like, we have no idea where we could have sworn we were still virgins. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which, which is just like a special little like twist on, I have immaculate conception in uh, quotation marks here. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the fifth one was that uh, the, I can't remember the maester, but in world, um, the maester who, who wrote this section was more so about this, the fact that he was a retainer of Lord Casterly's, um, and he knocked up one of his daughters, uh, who, and, and then he ends up convincing uh, the Lord of Casterly Rock to just, like, marry the daughter, and then through the laws of inheritance, he ended up getting uh, the rock. So he legally gains power through his wife after um, the Lord of Casterly Rock dies or leaves or so on. Yeah. Well, because um, yeah. well, it seems like so uh, one of the most interesting points just so far, I want to highlight this. so We could think about this, too, in the chapter uh, that's coming up is the fact that y- you mentioned that Lan uh, was a bastard, you know, and and we have all of these issue with bastards and, and the Lannisters and stuff like that. So I think that's kind of interesting. But then and then that he's, you know, fathering bastards. And it's it's also tough to believe that he wouldn't have like legally acquired this place. You know, but and, and for I guess the Lannisters to keep it, you know. So I know this is all kind of there's a couple different options as to maybe how Land could have acquired Casterly Rock, but uh, you almost have to think there's got to be some sliver of truth to the idea that he has some legal claim in some way. But I don't know. I feel like I actually didn't. I, I didn't even think to consider that because, like, I was looking at uh, the lineage of uh, Garth Dunehan that led into. Um, Land's life in the respective Lannisters, and it's just like this great big blank of like unknown man. And yeah. I, I just like accepted it. I was like, okay, I will leave that for the storytelling. But yeah. uh, I, I don't. I kind of like the idea of you know, sort of the way in Braun, um he uh, mentioned to. Uh, I can't remember which episode, but at the end of season eight, he corners the two Lannister brothers and he's like, I'm going to be Lord of Highgardener. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And Jamie, I think, brings up the point of like, you you can't do that. You're lowborn. You're just a, you're just a, a sellsword. And it's very Kennedy-esque, like bootlegging and then growing into someone actually legi- legitimate. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's- I, I like the idea of that. Yeah, it is pretty interesting. You know, I'm looking at his page here in, in World of Ice and Fire too. Uh, just that of all of the kind of age of legends heroes, you know, and, and stuff like that, that we have, um, he has, yeah, like you said, I mean, he's got like five different stories, uh, about his origin, which I think is, might be the most of anybody's origin that we have. Like you, the Azora high character, there's really only three different stories, uh, but land the clever. Yeah. You have, you have five different tellings of how he possibly came to uh, take uh, uh, Lannisport, right? So that's, that's definitely, and Casually Rock. So that's definitely, uh, yeah, that is definitely so does, pretty, pretty crazy. Does that bespeak the cleverness of the plan? 
Yeah, I mean, I might, yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah, if you were going to try to, like, let's say you're, yeah, I mean, may maybe there's there's multiple stories uh, because, like, yeah, no, no one won, no one really knows. And then two, that keeps people kind of guessing and well, we really don't know, so we can't, we're not going to question whether or not they should legally you know how you know it's it's sort of like it's it's theirs it's it's the lannisters now and i don't know i mean again I like as you say it's age of legends so it's like so long ago that we we've lost a lot of the story i like the idea that there are a couple of different shreds of each story that are correct so the first thing that jumped up to jumped out to me was um the second story where um he says it's written that he that land sends rats and vermin so like the the word rat jumped out to me so like and then that may have brought me back to the first story of land going in single-handedly causing terror and chaos uh, amongst the ca uh, casterlies in pretending to be a ghost so i can't help but wonder if like it wasn't just him who entered the, ca entered the castle but like he entered sort of in the idea of um Tyrion trying to get uh jamie out of star captivity he enters with a great big group of people and is somehow able to slow so a uh, complete discourse but between all of them with just a couple of different people who in their unsavory nature could be called rats. Hmm. Yeah. Something like that. Um, I thought it was interesting that I, I believe that the third story was the only one that mentioned um, <clears throat> the Lord of Kessler Roth's son. Um, I, I believed that he only had daughters. So I feel like lions into the rock to eat um, him and his son so that uh, Lan could walk in and marry his wife. I feel like that's the least um reasonable um, sure yeah I think, yeah you know hey, um yeah let me, let me jump in real quick because the the i think i was just looking up something because i was looking at house um casterly and that is interesting so i hadn't really thought much about house house casterly and their origin um they part of their origin story is that corlos um who is who's like a huntsman i guess lived in a village near where Lannisport is now, where it would eventually mm -hmm. spring up, and Corlys slew a lion that had been troubling the village in her uh, in her den within the rock. So basically, the lion was there in the rock before, you know. And then Corlys goes in. He's he's of House yeah. Casterly. Goes in, slays the lion, but spared the lion cubs, and therefore was shown this vein of gold in Casterly Rock, and that's how they yeah. got their fortune. So it seems like these House Casterly and House Lannister. You know, like that's this has been maybe a thing. Maybe there's a lot more to to this, and it wasn't just land the clever being a, a bastard. Uh, maybe that was it, though. I mean, it's 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 um it's interesting though, because I was like, where did they come from? Where did, what what happened to them? Yeah. And Jamie, Jamie Lannister believes that all of the male um that that male line was either died out or was was killed, and yeah. so that's why they didn't you know that their line could not continue. So. Mm -hmm crazy i mean there might be some truth to all of it man you know and then that's how you get you know maybe he just maybe he dresses up as a ghost unleashes vermin goes in there you know and then hook up daughters. with everybody um, and then yeah. yeah i mean he's it's all one fell swoop and everyone's like well this is what i saw this is what i saw <laughs> right <laughs> what i really liked was the idea that uh such a first so assuming that he's a daughter of um one of greenhand garth garth greenhands Garth of, no Garth Greenhand's daughter. Yeah, um, was his mother. I love the idea that there is just this like violently uh, fertile line that's going through all over the place, <laughs> uh, uh, which kind of brought me to my point about Lannisport. As far as I understood the text, it was like Lannisport turned into just like 
this home for all the extra Lannisters that were popping up everywhere because this was an extremely because there were so many yeah yes. right. yeah yeah because that's yeah that's the final the final tale is they say that you know there's just so many of them that the Castle Rock can't even hold them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Lan is rumored to have lived to be 300 years old, a hundred sons and daughters each. Um, okay, pretty impressive on that's, all accounts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, let me get a question on that. So do you think like, because we've been thinking more recently about how things get lost, you know, old Nan stories and, and how over 10,000 years or thousands of years, things get kind of lost in, in the storytelling because, uh, and we're going to transition here in a second back to the reread, but we also are going to talk with Raj after this about season eight and the questions that weren't answered, the prophecies that weren't, you know, fulfilled or whatever. Um, I think things get lost in the telling. So it's like, you're talking about land being 300 uh, years old or whatever maybe it was three lands like land the first mm-hmm. land the second and land the third right like, you know um, who like with brandon's up north yeah exactly right. like you just have multiple yeah. and it's sort well, of like it, over time it could also, you merge them into one yeah or it could also be something like you know what is in the future like a hundred years from the end of game of thrones what is the story of walter frey going to be like right like there's a guy who we know has literally like a hundred uh kids and tons of friends yeah and yeah, he's crazy everywhere. old so you know the story will be like oh he's so old he's you know would be i mean his story will probably actually be pretty similar to you know That's like that, that kind of telling i mean like, yeah so like a great value um lannister they just kind of dissipate yeah. um what one thing i noticed throughout like looking at the histories is that they seemed like a very regular group of people so like there were um <clears throat> a lot of the same names but like you know, there was this Lannister who did all these great things, and, and the, there was this one that wasn't great, but then there were a bunch of bunch of good Lannisters. Uh, so, you, you know what I mean? Like, they, they're not, I didn't see anything spectacular throughout the lineage. Like, they, they had every other family's worth of, of bad kings um, during the time of, uh, what, the first men. Yeah, the Age of Heroes or whatever. Um, <clears throat> like, oh, what's my point? Yeah, they just seemed uh, terribly average. I was hoping to see some sort of pattern in in what, um, like, uh, Lorian the Lion, um, Tybalt Lannister, Tyrion Lannister, way back before him. Uh, and there are just bunches and bunches of Lorians and Lancels and uh, right. another Lancel and, like, three more Lorians. I'm looking at my page. And, and there was nothing very interesting about who did what. It was very much so some conquered and were fantastic at that job, and some just definitely did not need to inherit that job. Yeah, so I, another thing I think about with, with the Lannisters, that's interesting you bring that up because I think you have all this wealth that you got from Casterly Rock and all this gold and all, all these things that, that they've acquired. Like, once you get that status, I mean, does that sort of... Um, I mean, are you not doing then legendary... Do your deeds not stand out as much because you're you're in this position of power and wealth or whatever. And so mm-hmm. like, like your accomplishments don't seem as great because you didn't come from nothing and right. Like land, the clever stands out. Why? Because we know nothing. He's a bastard comes from nowhere. And that's their start to their story. But then there's just so much wealth. There's so much that it kind of, things seem to just blend together. I think that happens with the Starks a little bit too. There are some Starks that stand out in history and there are some that you're mm-hmm. kind of like, this is pretty mundane. You know, this is pretty, just, just yeah, whatever, I, I, I guess I was interested to see if like there would be something wild. Like, so I personally like to, um, I think I, I told you about this before. I, I was trying to focus in like, was it building up to, uh, I can't, the laughing lion, I can't remember his name. Um, 
Like, was it, was there just like this slow grade uh, descent into like, not a very impressive person anymore. And Tywin was the person who stood up and was like, we can't lose this. And, and that's what kind of initiated. I was hoping, I guess I was hoping to find a greater reason as to why Tywin was so violent about his actions coming into his uh, full power. Like, like, was this a slow descent? But it seemed like their entire history was normal, like everybody else's, you know? Yeah. yeah. Another thing, though, I, I think that the Lannisters and and um, just a couple more points here, you know, like they want you want to keep the power that you have acquired. So maybe there's that mm -hmm. type of urgency in them. You, like your yeah. origin story is that you, you know, you came from nothing and that you acquired Casterly Rock. Um, the lesson in the gardeners and the Casterlies is that like these great houses can lose and be destroyed mm -hmm. and wiped out. And I kind of think in A Song of Ice and Fire, we're going to see at the end of this. Some of these houses we've gotten attached to, like may we, they may be extinguished. They we yeah. may they may not exist by the end of the series anymore. Which is in the show, kind of what they do with House Tyrell, uh, which that's is actually, interesting. That's a pretty cool point uh, because I mean I feel like Tywin, as someone who has wiped out two entire houses, would be the most aware of the fact that is it is it rests within the realm of possibility. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Wowzers. Okay, cool. Um, Raj, thank you so much. We are going thank to you have you back in just a little bit here. We're going to do some Patreon stuff and kind of talk about uh, season eight, some fun stuff. So, but uh, thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. Very hey, interesting. I, I hadn't I thought about Land the Clever in a bit, you know? So it's good. It's What's good. your squire? What else is your squire for? Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, with that, yeah, we appreciate the thoughts on Land the Clever. That pretty much does it for the Maester study. Now on to the reread. Okay. This week we are into Tyrion 4. Last week we were in Theon 2, where Theon met with an ironborn woman calling herself Eskrid, uh, who turns out to be his sister Asha, or Yara, for those of you who are coming over from the show. Uh, and then they have a kind of meeting, right? And then the Theon is discovered to uh, find out that he is going to be given the least important part of the mission of their kind of quest to take over the North. So last, uh, so this week we're into Tyrion six. Tyrion delivers news to Cersei that Stannis Baratheon and Renly Baratheon are confronting each other using the opportunity to poison Cersei so that she cannot interfere with his actions. The next day in court, he sends Cleos Frey back to Robb Stark with a Lannister, um, demands for peace. Finally, he learns from Alistair Thorne about the dead coming alive and dismisses the threat. Later, he takes Grandmaster Pycelle into custody, getting him to confess his role in the death of John Aaron, among mm. other crimes. Yeah. So, wow. man, this, you know, this chapter, let me just let me just start off here. Right. Because yeah. this is the chapter. We, this is the chapter I kind of reference uh, sometimes. Right. Because especially when it comes to Tyrion and Cersei's relationship, because it starts out and, you know, we saw a little bit of this last time, right, where Cersei's kind of crying and, T and Tyrion kind of tries to, you know, put her his hand on her shoulder and, she, you know, she slaps it away. Yeah. Right. And so this chapter begins, right, you know, doing kind of big takeaways here, right? So it's a reread, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's heartbreaking, man, because she finally kind of, you know, not really warms up to him, but, you know, she kind of like kind of grabs him a little bit here, right? After he yeah. tells her like, hey, no, they're, she's, he's like laughing, right? Tyrion comes in and he's laughing. Yep. 
no, they're attacking each other. Like yeah. it's like what? Like it's just yeah. yeah. That whole that whole scene. So so this is an interesting um, chapter for the Cersei Tyrion dynamic, right? And and sort of you know how they interact with one another because like literally at one point I I kind of forgot. I'm like oh yeah, she picks him up and twirls him around and they're laughing out loud like they were truly like these two you know brother and sister like they were back in their youth. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and, and they just, they, they can't believe it. And again, it's one of those things like the, I bet the tension and the anxiety in King's Landing is just rising like crazy, right? So to have all that tension, you know how like, like you're so nervous about something, you're so anxious. And then for something funny to happen that you just totally didn't expect, you just start bust out laughing. You're just like, oh my gosh, I thought we were dead. <laughs> you know, like I thought we were going to oh, die. Yeah, King's I thought we were going to die. It's like, yeah. it's like, oh, okay. We're like, you're kidding me. How stupid of them. Like. They're fighting each other. And I think Cersei at that point makes the joke that like, and she thought, you know, Robert Baratheon was, was the, oh, we'll say less clever of the two. You know, it's just, it's that, that, that I thought was kind of funny. Cause yeah, like how foolish of them. They have this, they have the presence on sea and on land to totally take King's Landing. And these two Lannisters are just thrilled that this is happening. This, this is the news, you know? Oh my gosh, it it's uh, it's wild. But yeah, that that moment where they're where they're just kind of laughing and and um, they seem to be somewhat connected there is is pretty neat. Now the whole time though, um, we have that moment, and then just before that too, you have like Tyrion sizing up Lancel Lannister and and learning more about Cersei and her plans and stuff. So again, uh, definitely a big chapter for Tyrion and his. Uh, maneuvering of the pieces right. in the Game of Thrones. Well, I'll just say this. Tyrion wasn't the only one sizing up Lancel. Okay. I mean, yeah, let's, just get, right. let's just get that out of the way. Right. Because why is Lancel there? I mean, that's the real question, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So, okay. So, you know, this chapter begins. Uh, Tyrion's kind of walking in, right? He, he does He does see Lancel. He's greeted by Maren Trant. Um, you know, and then, yeah, they're having that that conversation right which is just it's just crazy right and so some of the so some of the lines right you know lord stannis has sailed from dragonstone cersei bolts to her feet and yet you are sitting there grinning like a harvest day pumpkin has bywater called out to the city watch you must send a bird to heron hall at once uh he was laughing by then she seized him by the shoulders and shook him you know stop it are you mad or drunk uh, it was all he could do to get out the words. I can't, he gasped. It's too gods. It's too funny. Uh, he says he's laid siege to storms and Stannis and Renly are fighting each other. You know, then yeah, then Cersei, you know, Cersei, Cersei begins to chuckle. Gods be good. She's like, I'm starting to think that Robert was the clever one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just it's just crazy, man. Just again, that uh, to Go thinking of like, oh my god, like like Stannis is sailing, like is is coming to attack us. Like we need to move at once, and then the next thing you yeah. know, like they're attacking each other, which seems like the most, you know, not unlikely thing to happen. Right? Yeah, I know. And and again, because uh, earlier at one point they're talking about the chain and how there's there's progress on the chain. We're we're you know, getting the defenses ready and everything's good to go. And then to get this news is just. Radical. It actually kind of sets Tyrion up for, um, it's, it's it's like this needed thing, right? So we get this good news. We're kind of laughing. The Lannisters are in a, in a better position. And then he moving forward in his dealings with Lannister, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Lancel and Cersei, um, Pycelle, and even... Um, House of Thorn. 
Alistair Thorne. Yeah, all of that. He sort of has this like, like uh, I don't know, this this extra energy about him, right? And it's just sort of like we're good here, and it's all about saving face, playing the Game of Thrones, keeping this position where he's at. He's able to do that, I think, better because there's not as much tension here. He doesn't. I guess that what I'm saying is that if the circumstances were a little bit different, and let's say they don't get this news, and he has to go speak to Alistair Thorne, like, he's so worried about the mockery that may happen. Like, he may get mocked because he believes in grumpkins and snarks, you know, and he believes that these whites, that the dead are walking and, and rising and, and whatever. Like, if he gives any, I, I think maybe he would have been more likely to believe or not play that as well as he does play it if he hadn't got this good news. You know what I mean? Like, you get good news, you start feeling good, and that's one less worry on your mind. So then your mind uh, is sort of freed up to focus more on this situation that he's that he deals with later on uh, when he's on the Iron Throne and he's and he's um, dealing with this. So I, I kind of thought like that does this whole setup here in the beginning really allows Tyrion to show off his skill a little bit more and to continue yeah. to, to navigate these this, this Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, it, it does. It's it's. It, it is. It's these past couple of chapters, right, uh, of Tyrion getting to play his his Game of Thrones, and that's really what a lot of his his arc is in this book. Is we get to see him, and you know, it's it, Tyrion's. Uh, it goes back and forth, really, which is kind of interesting. You know, as we as we progress further and further um, into where he ultimately ends up, right at the end of uh, Dance of Dragons, at least what we see, um, you know, and then potentially in the show too. I mean, that's kind of how the way he ends up. Uh, going throughout it's always a kind of a back and forth right up and he has his up and downs right and in playing in playing the game of thrones here but um real quick one last thing here just uh about his kind of relationship with cersei right Mm -hmm. there's a really kind of nice line here um so you know they're talking about the fact that they're going to be that they're going to fight right that stannis and yeah stannis and renly are going to fight and she says um you know shall we raise a cup to brotherly love uh uh, Tyrion mm-hmm. says that, yes, yes, she answers breathless. Oh, gods, yes. His back was to her as he filled two cups with sweet arbor red. It was the easiest thing in the world to sprinkle a pinch of fine powder into hers. To Stannis, he said, as he handed her the wine. Harmless when I'm alone, am I? Uh, to mm-hmm. Renly, she replies, laughing. Maybe they battled long and hard, and the others take them both. Is this the Cersei that Jamie sees? When she smiled, you saw how beautiful she was truly. I loved a maid as fair as summer with sunlight in her hair. He almost felt sorry for poisoning her. So, I mean, yeah, it's just like yep. kind of right there, you know, just is this, you know, he gets to see just another side of Cersei mm-hmm. and yeah. I, that he doesn't ever, you know, get to see. And it's weird because it is a little bit... Um, you know, Cersei, I'm you're sure she she's kind of um, suspicious of people. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and including her her brother a lot. So the next morning when she's, you know, going to the bathroom quite a bit um, left and right and, and is so occupied with that, that she has to leave um, things up to she has to leave all this up to, you know, Tyrion. Tyrion has to basically sit on the throne and he gets to kind of uh, h- handle court for that day. Right. Which is right. exactly what he what, what he wants. Uh, because he's going to send a lot of her forces, her their Lannister men, away. They're going to send them away. They're gonna, they're actually going to go with Cleos Frey to take the terms back to Rob, and that's his whole, you know, move there. Um, so it is weird that this this moment that's a really good moment between the two of them 
um, is spoiled because of the poisoning, and then because you know she reflected on that later, right? We know, uh, and right. and we'll, we'll this will come back to be one of those things that later towards the end of this book, um, you know, sucks for Tyrion as in as in like there, there there's just too much back and forth plotting these different things, and uh, you learn too a little bit about in this chapter like the advice that his father gave him when he w- was to come into King's Landing, and Tyrion just goes about this his own way right. versus putting heads on spikes. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that is that is ultimately his big downfall. And again, that's kind of the question, you know, we talk about when we think about Tyrion and this whole handling of his term as hand of the king is, you know, and it's so unfortunate. Tywin was Tywin really giving him an opportunity. Did he just need somebody? I mean, what had had he not taken Shay? What would have, you know, you play the what if game, what would have happened? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. was he was he if Tyrion had really just done what his dad had had kind of told him? I mean, he does a good job, but it's because I think he has Shay that his dad very specific. I very specifically told you not to do this thing. And he's not really the kind of guy to be like, well, you did a pretty good job. Uh, it's either you do yep. you, you do it exactly as I tell you or you like didn't do it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is which is crazy because he, he really does set the Lannisters up well here. And, and I, again, I think a part of this is like. Again, we always play. We, we do play the what if game from time to time, and it's this news is huge that they're that the Baratheons are going to be fighting each other because otherwise, yeah, they're they're planning and they're setting this up right. But um, good gods, I mean, this would have been bad had they have been attacked, and Tyrion would have really been tested. I think. I mean, like already it, they're in a dire situation with Stannis later on, but it's it's still like uh he's he's making alliances he's actually strong like this chapter is showing us how Tyrion is actually helping the Lannisters as a whole and and um you know those that are that are loyal to the the crown right now in their stance against Rob Stark because like one of the things that that comes of this is is a uh, conversation with with Cleos Frey and that like here are our terms right and and it's almost like warn Rob go ahead and tell him that we have this alliance with Dorne you know, we've got that set up there. Um, we're, we're building another army over near Castle Rock, Lannisport, where we're raising another host. So you're going to be surrounded. Um, no one really even know. We, the reader, kind of know that, like, you can't re- you can't retreat to the north because they're making plans right now to take the north from you, Rob. You know what I mean? So it's starting to look real bad. Um, but, it, but it's odd. T- Tyrion's able to shift his focus on helping support his father from King's Landing um, because he doesn't have to worry as much about the Baratheon threat. So right. it's just ironic, you know? Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, Tyrion's really doing an amazing job right now because, yeah, as, just as you said, he doesn't, with the Baratheons, going to at least fight each other or or something. You you have a lot of time. Uh, you have a lot. I mean, you can, by helping out, by helping out your, your dad, by helping out Tywin, you in turn ultimately help yourself because if Tywin can finish up his... Uh, chapter of the war, you know, mm-hmm. quicker than he can get down to King's Landing a lot quicker. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I guess when you get that sort of, um, well, you get this narrow, this little window where you have an opportunity here, you can, you can send terms back uh, to Rob, keep playing this game, keep Rob sitting there while we build this host. And then like the other thing, part of this was, is that he, he does give, um, he doesn't give Rob everything that he wants. Uh, not even close, right? Which is what Cleos kind of says. He's like, hey, what about the sword? What about his sisters? What about these different things? But he does sort of, like, he's he's um, hoping to use Stark against the Baratheons. Yeah. So 
that's interesting. They're willing to make an alliance still with Stark. All right, so Lion and, and Direwolf together uh, versus the Stag. And it, you, so they did not, they're not sending people over to Renly or Stannis to say, hey, let's work through this. That just, that's not gonna, that's not gonna fly. Uh, but the Starks were willing to kind of, you know, compromise with a little bit more. I don't think there's that, that, that major animosity uh, between Lannister and Stark, it, it develops because of what Joffrey does. Um, and really Cersei, it's not something Cersei wanted. That's not something Tywin wanted. It's not that this is, this is bad all around. Like this is not like, you know, like the intended plan here. And, and so they want to keep, you, you want to keep Stark as a part, a house Stark in the North as a, as a part of your kingdom and let them manage the North, let them manage the, the Night's Watch and, and do whatever. But you don't want them to be your enemy. I think, so I thought I kind of picked that up in, in what Tyrion is, is trying to communicate to Rob um, that, hey, help us send your men down. We're going to take out the Baratheons. All is well, then you go back to the north. We'll give you your sword, your sisters once we get our brother back. And then that's that. So but it, 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 the, the terms are not great. I mean, clearly Rob's going to, you know, it, I, I think Tyrion is knows that it's in, like, OK, if he were to accept these terms, well, then, wow, you're golden with us. Like you're good. And if you fall through on this, then fantastic you have because you gave in to some really strict stringent you know uh, uh terms here but there's there also so much that he knows it'll just keep rob in this game of let me send you a counter offer and i'll send you another one and we'll go back and forth for as long as we can until something is is done here because still that baratheon host is is a problem stannis is you know vastly outnumbered and so you might be able to quickly take out stannis and then get some of his vessels and ships and things and get and, and, you know, get more support there between uh, High Garden and the Stormlands, and then then you'd really have an issue. Right. You know, I was just kind of thinking here, um, as, as as you're kind of saying that, I'm just looking, kind of looking, you know, pulling up a map here, kind of looking at it. And, you know, it's interesting because last week we talked about um, Balon Greyjoy, right? And we talked about uh, Theon. And it's just, yeah. it's just crazy to think, you know, Tyrion making all of these trying to make this alliance right with Dorne by selling Mar by hey let's send Marcella to Dorne um and you know possibly allying with the Starks is that they that they weren't at all considering the Greyjoys because they're really I mean kind of your next door neighbor uh you know they're just mm -hmm. I mean right they're just 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 a little bit north of you I mean yeah you have to uh take a boat to get over there um but my god if you made an ally with them well then yeah. you could you would immediately cut be able to cut off or force all of Rob's forces to one like specific point in the north that pulled them back I mean it's it's just interesting that that never you know never never happens I was trying I was trying to look up if it's ever mentioned because I thought there was one point where it was suggested uh mm. and Tywin like shot it down but then like Tyrion didn't believe it to be like didn't kind of believe him or something and i was trying i was trying to find that in a, in a search of ice and fire but uh because i i found a couple um forum of ice and fire posts where people were talking about that but they don't list the exact chapter probably something in huh. the next book yeah and so it was like you know yeah. it could just be a line or something but so i was like i'm trying to see if that ever ever happened uh, just interesting because since we were talking about the Greyjoys last week, and now we're getting some more of this kind of political maneuvering by Tyrion. I was kind of thinking, you know, they'd right. be, they would ultimately be your perfect kind of ally. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because you you don't want, and this is why 
he does move quickly to make something um, work here with Dorne because Dorne, if they do join up with, it gets a sort of a southern region. That'd be like a southern region, like a, alliance there, right? Um, that could really do some damage. So if we can get uh, an ally on the other side of this, then we can kind of press the the Baratheons a little bit and 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 uh, and, and right. High Garden, and we'd be fine there. But you're right. I guess uh, depends on what yeah. you want to focus. I mean, really, they, they've got two bad. They've got two different air quote war fronts, even though there's no war here yet with the Baratheons, um, it, there's potential for it. And, and that was dealt with through political maneuvering and stuff. And then, right. You know, we're well, keeping the, Rob stationary. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Baratheons are a much bigger, are a much bigger threat than I would say the Starks, because you got to think about it. The Starks have to come all the way down, uh, you know, from Winterfell through the Riverlands, which again, you know, they have allies with, so it's not like they wouldn't be able to march. But you're mm-hmm. just talking; it's a, it'd be it's just you're talking a much longer road. Just in in taking that road, guys would you know, men would get tired; they wouldn't want to do it. It's hot. Uh, I mean, it's just a different climate. Your yeah. far bigger threat is the Baratheons because they're they don't have to march that far. Uh, they get to march through a decent climate. Uh, in that, you know, marching through the Reach, right, or even Stannis from Storm's End. I mean, Storm's End and King's Landing, they're, like, literally next-door neighbors. Or even, you know, Dragonstone, I mean, I guess I should say, because Renly doesn't – Renly kind of leaves Storm's End. So, I mean, they're by far your your much, much bigger threat than, than Rob Stark. Yeah. Well, he, this is what's crazy. So, you know, uh, Catelyn is going down there to try to, to – you know, get some type of alliance or whatever. Think about how crazy this war would have turned out if instead of that host marching towards slowly marching towards King's Landing, if Renly's host took off north back through the path that that Catelyn had taken south from River Run. And now again, they would you got to be careful there because you got to almost got to like the coordination between that attack um, or between like a, uh, a a Rob Stark force and a Renly Baratheon force on Tywin would have been fascinating. I think. Uh, King's Landing would have had to do as much as they... Well, there's not much King's Landing can do, really. You're going to have to call upon some of those other minor houses to send uh, troops and forces or call upon the Vale to do something, and they're not going to answer the call. They're, they're literally going to sit there and watch this whole thing um, you know, break down. So Because you have to defend King's Landing. You have to keep the city. You can't lose. That's going to be... That's tough to lose. So it's like Renly has an option. You could have... He's just waiting for this war to take place. Like It's just so stupid that you don't swiftly you know, go in there and take take King's Landing. It was the urgency that he was sort of um, trying to to get across to Eddard Stark after, you know, Robert had been hurt, had been injured, and was about to die. Like, and this, it's all revealed that he's going to confront Cersei Lannister. It's like, like, let's, we have to take this now. We have to take the throne. We have to take charge here. Take the children, the whole thing. And that same, that urgency now is lost because he's out playing King. And uh, it's just, it's just it's just crazy. You, you think about the complexities, though. Like, had that force have turned north, it, it would have just been cra- a crazy battle in in the Riverlands. You would have had all sorts of little skirmishes because then the Lannisters are going to try to raise that force even faster and quicker over in Lannisport because they want to, you know, then pressure, um, box in, essentially, Renly's forces if they could. So, yeah. If you ever get a chance um, to, to, like, I mean, speaking to, to listeners here, to go look at the map and see where these these forces are camped at, and then think about like the the what if game on that a little bit. It's it's very 
uh, interesting. And I'm sure that when George was writing it, he's sort of thinking like, well, look, you know, let's look at where these guys are and where their alliances are and what would cause interesting dynamics and, and everything, you know, what causes Tyrion to do what he does to make the alliances. Um, Tywin, we kind of, what's neat about that whole situation is we kind of drift away from Tywin. We don't really know exactly what's going on there for, for a sec. Um, we see things through the eyes of like Arya and, and Arya seeing the raiding and, and the burning and, and pillaging and stuff that's happening. But, but yeah, it's, um, it's a pretty cool, I guess, cool is a bad word, but, right. uh, interesting. Yeah, it, 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 like the, fun, the, the funny thing about it is everyone, it's almost like everyone's making a big circle, right? Cause everyone just kind of leaves their, their home, right? Like you leave, they leave their home kingdom to go like take somebody else's kingdom. Right. Uh, you know, it's like Stannis is over on Dragonstone and then Stannis is like, well, I'm going to Storm's End. OK, like, yeah. And then Renly, who who left Storm's End, goes to the Reach and now he's got to leave the Reach to go back to Storm's End. Rob Stark yep. leaves Winterfell to go down to River Run. Uh, Tywin leaves to go meet him over like towards towards that area. Balon Greyjoy mm-hmm. says, well, I'm going to I'm going north. I'm yeah. going to Winterfell. <laughs> right. It's, it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, my God. It's like it's a big everyone's just making yeah. Everyone's just making like a big, uh, you know, like a big circle. Clash of Kings, man. It is. You know, it's just crazy. It's just Clash of Kings. Crazy and funny. So. All right. Well, okay. let's dive back in here. Um, Some of the other stuff that happens in the chapter. So, um, yeah, as you said, uh, Cersei is kind of poisoned. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. it's it's not not like she's going to be dead or anything. Right. It's more just. uh, No, it's just it's. Yeah. Bow, bow, making the bowels move and making her sick. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, you know, some some of the other things that happens, right? So he meets with some other people here. So he meets with, uh, I guess maybe we should go to uh, Alistair Thorne and then we'll kind of finish up with with the the Pycelle bit. Yeah. Um, sure. Right. Which is which is kind of interesting because you know he's met Alistair Thorne before, right? So yes. yeah. So he he's met Alistair Thorne before. Alistair Thorne is going to be coming down here, right? To uh, to request, you know, more men and Tyrion and Alistair Thorne don't necessarily get along because Tyrion knows kind of, you know, how Alistair Thorne treated uh, John, who he mm-hmm. uh, kind of befriended with. And that kind of continues <laughs> that kind of that kind of continues uh, here. Right. So, you know, but uh, Alistair Thorne, right. He's like, you know, then arrest some more men. Right. You know, he's like, <laughs> if you need more yeah. men, just go arrest some more. Right. You know, like, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that like they. Tyrion describes him as, you know, he's, he's as prickly as his name, you know, Alistair Thorne. So, uh, but th- th- this whole thing is, you, you wouldn't originally think that this is tricky. Like, I, when I first started um, rereading this cycle, I think it was last week, and I was listening to it again, I was like, oh, yeah, it, it's more complex than that. Like, people don't, what we know in the North to be like, well, this is real. I mean, really, there are uh, whites, there are, the dead is rising, you know, we know it's real, but then we kind of, when you shift back to King's Landing, you got to remember, oh yeah, they don't believe this. Tyrion wasn't there for that. And Tyrion is worried about, like, if he starts to take this serious, he will be laughed at. And he may be laughed at by a member of the council. Like, just one small little kind of laugh would, even if that small council member sort of apologizes for it. So it's like, Tyrion's like, no, I want to be the one making the jokes. I want to, I, I want to be controlling sort of like who's laughing at who here. Um, because what Sir Alistair Thorne tells him is that, yeah, we've got like the, like Mormont was attacked and that men, Rangers who we thought were dead, we brought them back and they rose. Yeah. And, the dead, uh, the dead yeah. walk. I tell yeah, right. Yeah. And then, you know, and then Tyrion's response to that, he's like, this is no jape. I saw it with my own eyes. I tell you the dead walk. You should try to kill them more thoroughly. Right. And Tyrion just kind of pushed, 
pushes past Sir Alistair Thorne, right, as, he, as he's kind of walking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so it starts off kind of, I think, when he's on the throne, Tyrion says something to the effect of, like, he's going to give him shovels to help him bury the dead or something like that. Um, but right. then as he's walking down, you're right, Sir Alistair kind of stops him and says, like, no, I didn't come all this way. I, I really want to speak to you about this is serious. You know, you've got to take this serious. And and Tyrion's just like, I, I at this point in time, I can't. There's too many things to worry about. Um, Baratheons, Starks, and keeping face here, doing this. I'm already competing against my sister. I had to literally poison her to keep her out of here. I'm, I just sent all the Red Cloaks, the Lannister men, out of King's Landing. I'm sending them with uh, Sir, Sir Cleos Frey up to give terms to, to Rob Stark. So he's got a lot going on. And the last thing he needs is to be undermined because he believes or he gives any... Uh, or, or he validates anything that uh, Sir Alistair Thorne says. Because the, the common folks think, you're just coming down here to say that because you guys want more men. It's like you're you're understocked up there, whatever. You, they, they think of them as beggars. You know, you're coming down here begging for more things, and we don't want to, we're not going to take these guys serious. And it's just, it's we, the reader, uh, get a little upset because we're just like, we know how serious this is. Like, like when Mormont is telling John about like the decision to like, there's war to be had, but the real war is North. Are you with me? And John's just like, it's just like, whoa, okay. I've got to fight for something bigger and greater. And I'm going to fight to protect the realm. And so we're in on that, on that battle and on that war. And we get that it's a big deal. And then to see people not take it serious. Although I think Tyrion actually does in his, without telling us here, I think he really is sort of like, hmm. There's something going on there. And, and, and like the joke is, is that when Sir Alistair Thorne opens up this hand and shows, he brought, remember he brought like a hand down to show them what this looked like. And it's like, it's not animated. It's not moving. Right. It's, it's just, it's just a hand. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, you, you could have got, got that from anybody. Right. It just looks like bones. And so it's just, it's laughable. So that kind of sucks. So although he says that there was more like you, that it, that it kind of withered and decayed, it, it rapidly decayed. Like, had you have taken me, had you have um, let me come before you like days ago or weeks ago or a week ago, it would you would have seen it. But not, no one, no one came and got me. I was never summoned. So, you know, now, and so that's just tough. So, Sir Oscar Thorne's in a tough spot too. So, and and he's not well liked here. Remember, like he was a big supporter um, of the Targaryen. So he's he's you know ousted. He's he's up north and he's not well liked down here in King, King's Landing. So he's not he's not he's not liked very much anywhere. Yeah. to be uh, entirely honest. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, right. Okay, so yeah, so okay, so after that conversation is when we get to, uh, you know, uh, Grandmaster Pycelle, right? You know, Grandmaster Pycelle had already scuttled off, but Varys and Littlefinger had watched it all start to finish. Um, you know, kind of kind of going that thing, but he's now it's time for him to really go deal with, um. Uh, Grandmaster Pycelle, right? And so he takes, uh, mm-hmm. right? He takes, he takes Shaga with him, and basically just, uh, or, or and Timmit, right? So they just, they just go, yeah. they just go in there, and he basically says, you know, like, hey, I know it was you that spilled the beans because I told you guys, I told each of you guys three things, or I told three things mm-hmm. to one to you, one to you, one to you. You're the person who I heard from. And, uh, you know, then he starts he starts cutting his beard off. Right. You know, kind of start, yeah. starts cutting his beard off and he starts saying, you know, like, you know, I've always been loyal. I've always been loyal to the Lannisters. I was the one that told, uh, you know, them to let 
to let T- uh, Tywin Lannister in during the sack of King's Landing, which Tyrion finds mm-hmm. uh, to be interesting and almost in a way like, okay, well, now you're definitely not to be trusted uh, because like, yeah, yeah right. exactly. And then also, job? Yeah. yeah, the big mm-hmm. one though is kind of when he's questioning him about John Aaron and he realize and he's like, no, I didn't poison John Aaron. Right, because mm-hmm. yeah. Tyrion's yeah. thinking that he did, and he and we know obviously from reading ahead further that um, you know it wasn't it wasn't Grand Maester Pycelle that poisoned John Aaron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and what he says, I mean, he says that it was he, for, he's trying to say, well, it was his his uh, squire, right, the guy who was like um, Humphrey, right, um, who, yeah. who gets knighted later on. Remember, he's killed in in the yep. king's um, yeah. king's tourney. So, and that was all suspicious. And so he's saying, I'm sure that it was him, you know, and but at the same time, he's sort of like um, he's trying to say, I noticed that it that he was poisoned. I did know what it looked like and I was able to identify that, etc. And one of the things that's interesting is so the dismissal of uh, John Aaron's maester is just so that the other maester doesn't also know that there was a poisoning. And I think the thing is, is that like Pycelle only knows so much. And Pycelle may actually be thinking um, what some of us are thinking when we first read the series is that, oh, it's the Lannisters. Just what Lysa tells us in the beginning of the story um, is she sends the letter, don't trust them, etc. She was John Aaron's wife. And you're sort of like, oh, sh- OK. And then we're, co- we're confronting Cersei because she's, you know, um, having basically fooling Robert um, that these kids are not legitimate and things like that. So we start to think, oh, my gosh, it's, it's Cersei. And you can see how Pycelle... Like, if he doesn't have all the information, starts to think, I'm going to protect, I, I'm not going to let that, like, uh, John Aaron's maester know about that, because then there's a full-on investigation, and it's just that there's a lot more looking into it than maybe we want. You know, we don't want a lot of people uh, digging too deeply here, because one, you'll find out Cersei and Jamie Lannister's secret. Two, you'll you'll find out... Um, you know, you'll, you'll you'll go question that that squire who's been knighted, and then you'll you'll trace that back to maybe. And actually, I see. I don't think Pycelle knows like as 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 much about about the other side of this. But the reason you wouldn't want an investigation is because people like Peter Baelish and Lysa and, and and other names start to come up, and you're like, oh, okay, this is this is kind of um, there's a lot going on here, you know. And those people start to get questioned, and then we get to the truth of this. So uh, for all those people involved, they want it buried. They 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 don't want this information out. And Tyrion's on to something, and he questions Pycelle, thinking it's Pycelle who actually did the poisoning a little bit, and realizing, oh, okay, um, I think he still, you know, it's, it's, I don't, does he I still don't, believe him? I don't know that he, 100%, the, I don't know that he 100% believes him, but I think, uh, yeah, I think, he, but I think he right. realized, I think, I think he would. I don't know because he's still like 60, because well, he's 60, 40. I mean, I think I think that had Pycelle actually poisoned him, he probably would have told him right here, right? Because he would have, you know, but. Yeah, because but I think, I think from, yeah, in the Tyr- Tyrion's mind, he's just thinking, it really doesn't matter. I've already heard enough here to do what I want to do, which is to get you out of the way. And I want to take some of the, you know, some of your potions and, and things here and in, in your, uh, in his little maester study and take those for myself. So he does that. Um, but yeah, he wanted this individual out of the way because he's already betrayed Tyrion. That was enough. And that you, I told you not to. Um, that these two ravens were supposed to go here and there, and one of them never went. It went right to my sister, and then she confronted me. And he tries to blame it on Varys, and he's like, I didn't tell Varys that. What I told Varys was this, you know, and that's not what got back to my sister. He was trying to see which of the three on the small council were actually taking what he was saying 
in small council meetings and just to them privately or whatever and running back to his sister. And that's what he found out. He figured out that Picel is is the one behind this. And so, um, yeah, now he's going to wait for another maester to show up from from the Citadel and he's going to he cuts off um, Picel's beard and scares the daylights out of him, scared the daylight out of that serving girl who had to rush out of there naked. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy yeah, scene. It. Yeah, it is. It is. It's crazy. Yeah. So, so. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. Be, Timmet and Shaga are not to be messed with. Like, they don't really, <laughs> they're not uh, uh, sir this and sir that. I mean, they they flat out will, uh, it got scary there for a second, you know? They, they they were going to take his manhood. I mean, uh, Pycelle's pissing. You know, it's he's so afraid. It's it's an intense little little, little moment. But um, yeah, Tyrion's not having any of it. There's too much tension. There's too much at stake for him to have to worry about these different pieces. And he's he's, he's going to eliminate. And actually, doesn't he say that he was hoping to, that Pycelle would be the person he could trust? Yeah, yeah, right here. Yeah, this fi the final kind of kind of uh, lines here. He was the one I'd hoped to trust. Varys and Littlefinger were no more loyal. He suspected one more subtle and thus more dangerous, or only more subtle and thus more dangerous. Perhaps his father's way would have been best. Summon Ill and Pain, mount three heads above the gates, and have done. Uh, and wouldn't that be a pretty sight, he thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's uh, interesting... Um interesting development yeah just just maester coleman sitting away purging the whole thing yeah yeah the queen say so right here you know the queen needed lord aaron dead she did not say so could not uh varus was always listening always listening but when i looked at her i knew it was not me who gave him the poison though i swear so there's that you know so again pycelle doesn't know everything but he knows enough that he was trying he errs on the side of, like, I'm going to do what is necessary for the Lannisters, and I'm always going to err on that side of helping and supporting them. And it goes back to his youth. It does go back to the fact that uh, he believed that he was one of those individuals who who believed the rumors and the and the things that Sir Ilan Payne and others were saying that Tywin was truly the one ruling the realm and that it wasn't the Mad King. You know, that upset the Mad King. There's, there's then all that argument between the Lannisters and Pycelle at the time. You know, um... Definitely supported House Lannister, and he still does. Um, he's just not supporting the right Lannister. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, as we do have a pretty good, uh, yeah, we got a we got a Raven here, right? I want to, uh, yeah. Let me let me bring let me bring yeah. this one up here. Who's this from? This is from uh, yeah, Lady Amanda, mother of Hounch, says. Good evening, sirs. I finally just got caught up with the podcast again yesterday, and I love your new co-lord titles. Uh, she says, mm -hmm. which is uh, co-lords of the White Claw, right? Uh, yeah. Funny story regarding the Claws of White to share with you both. This was one of those special moments of retail employees. Just an hour ago, I got chewed out by an 85-year-old woman freaking out because we were out of White Claw variety pack number two. Will you look that up as to see which which pack that is uh, while we're while we're yeah. going here? Specifically, number two. I don't think we've ever even carried that one, but she was already past me trying to explain it. By the time she left, I was biting my tongue, not because I was mad, but because all I could think uh, to say was that I'm sure uh, to forward her complaint complaint to the co lords of the White Claw and have a good laugh about it. 
Thank you guys for building this community uh, and the other ones too, for, um, and grant, uh, giving me a, a good laugh on some otherwise super bad days, whether it's a customer on a tirade or a baby spider invasion in my car. Yep, that happened to me too. I do not. I don't like spiders, man. I'll say it right here. Okay. No. All the best. Nope. All the best to you both, Lady Amanda, Mother of Hounds. P.S. As a keto PSA, uh, Sir Ez is really ha- hammering on the on the keto. Hey, dude, man, mm-hmm. you look you look good, man. Look like you've been losing some. Hey, you're down, right? I'm feeling good. I love it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I love it. Uh, she says, if you find yourself in the same situation as this lady, the uh, truly hard sell. Yeah, truly hard seltzer. Those are pretty good too. I gotta say, uh, hard. Truly, yeah. yeah, hard seltzer. Uh, also, just has two net carbs in the same flavors, but just doesn't sound nearly as cool. That is correct. Now, yeah, I have a buddy um, who. Uh, he's he's much bigger into the Trulies than he is the the White Claws. He's like, ah, no, I'm a Truly guy. Well, you know, I'm a White Claw guy. So, as which pack is the number two? So, so yeah, number two. Um, and by the way, thank you so much for this <laughs> Raven because I didn't know about Variety Pack number two. I had no clue, guys. So this has lemon, mango, mm-hmm. watermelon, and tangerine. Yeah, it's it's like, it's the better pack. It's definitely the it's, wow. It's, yeah, it's it's the one with the ma- the mango one for me. That's the that's the real. That's the that's my favorite. Yeah, that that is really cool. I I have not even tried that one, so I've been, you know, I, I again. First of all, thanks to Lady Amanda for all the support, and I I we cannot thank you enough. I she supports us on multiple. Uh, projects and and uh, is is a good friend of the podcast, and I just really absolutely love her. But it, the, the other thing is like like she's been in during this whole pandemic thing. Like the stories, I'm like, right. oh my gosh, like oh god, out I there can, in the I store, can, I can't and, imagine. And yeah, it's it's crazy. So, but now, unfortunately, I'm gonna have to go into my local store, and I might have to raise. You know, a big fuss if they don't hey, have variety hey, pack number two. Well, okay, variety pack number one is lemon, raspberry, grapefruit, and black cherry. Now, I like the the only the only flavor I'm not fond of is the lime. The lime one. I love the lime. Are you uh, kidding me? My, I love the that's lime. That's my that's my least that's my least favorite. It's definitely what I have. You start the, saving them for me. Well, when I, come I over. do. Okay, I do literally because yeah, yeah. I those are the ones I'm always like ah, I don't want a lime right. So I really like three. So yeah, the other one though, the lemon and all the other stuff's kind of good. So all right, yeah. you know. And again, white awesome. white claw. If you guys are listening and you want to sponsor us, we'll take it. Okay, I mean. Absolutely. The show's been looking. 100%. Yeah, we're looking for a sponsor. Okay, I mean. <laughs> I don't know how many thousand people this, you know, download will have downloaded this episode, but uh, you know, just saying, yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. So let us know. No, absolutely. But yeah, shout out to Lady Amanda for for that. So, all right, guys. Well, uh, that's kind of it for us for today. Um, shout out to Lady Raj for coming on. We had a really good uh, conversation there on the Maester study. Also, we did do a YouTube episode with her. We have another YouTube episode coming up as well about Damon mm-hmm. Targaryen, kind of a part two. Um, and then, of course, as and I will be hammering out uh, an extended edition here for the Patreon as well. Uh, and then be sure to shoot us those Ravens uh, so we can do a big follow-up yes. Friday episode. Uh, and thank you guys for listening. So with that, um, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter 26, Arya 6 of A Clash of Kings, which is also Episode 100. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. That is crazy. I know. I know. It's wild. So... 
Um, yeah, thanks so much to, to sticking through all this. This has been uh, it's been wild, and it's kind of crazy when we think about those those milestones in our podcast. So that well, that's one that's coming up. So that is great. Um, if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember that winter is coming.